Hello, everyone. This is Molly from the Casually Molly Podcast, and I just wanted to introduce you to my friends at the Natty Cat. This one is for you cool cats and kittens who can't get enough of wordplay and fur babies. The Natty Cat's natural soy candles feature inventive scent combinations and glass jars with clever kitties on the labels. Hand purred with locally sourced natural soy wax, the Natty Cat's candles woodwicks create a cozy fireside crackling sound, perfect for curling up on the couch. Remember, for all of your candle and scented oil needs, please visit our friends at the Natty Cat either on Facebook or Instagram. Have you ever wanted to get your shit together? Scrap it, look through the lens and capture it. But first world problems are getting you down. Disabled, salty, need an app to fix that frown. <laughs> well, you can do all those things and so much more. Just grab a seat in the chair or the floor. Sit back, relax, recline. She drops another casual line You're tuned into Casually Molly With Molly and Bergie All right, welcome back to the Casually Molly podcast. I am your host, Molly Ambergie, and I am sitting virtually with a good friend of mine. She's also the improvising and comic queen of St. Louis. Give it up for Libby Higgins. How are you doing? Wowzers. Good. How are you doing? <laughs> good. Well, I mean, I uh, I know it took a minute to get us set up, and there was a lot of great pre-show laughter. Uh, that's one thing I needed, and the one thing I knew I was definitely going to get from Libby Higgins is uh, some good laughs for sure with uh, Chris Denman, who was just with us earlier, and John. <laughs> How did it feel seeing everybody from uh, your purple room? It felt... Uh... It's, it felt strange. I um I've been very isolated for several months now. So, yeah. Uh, I can always I always love to see Chris Denman though. He's um he's a wonderful person. <laughs> he is a wonderful. <laughs> you know what the best part is is that uh for those of you who don't know, Chris Denman is the host of We Are Live Radio here, and he does a lot of great stuff for the community. We'll first preface by saying this, but he is in the back listening as well. So if there's some shout outs for him during this, even if you can't see him, he's having a great time with his hat on backwards. And uh, we're, we're just so lucky to have him in the studio. <laughs> so <laughs> I'd say it's a blessing. I do think that it's a blessing. And it's also a blessing to have our star here, Libby Higgins. But uh, I know I haven't seen you in a while, obviously, because we have been quarantined. And I know that like, Every podcast I'm sure you've been on has probably been like, hey, how are you holding up? Like, what are you doing? So I'm just going to ask you, Libby, what have you been up to these days in quarantine? What's, uh, what's ha- what have you been biding your time? Uh, tell us a little bit about what you've been doing. It's been uh, in sections. So like the first three weeks, I was very productive. I was cleaning and organizing, throwing stuff away. And then about week three, it turned into um, Little House on the Prairie, um, Animal Crossing, yeah. and watching Outlander. Yeah. And then uh, now it's I'm just existing in my home. <laughs> yeah. I feel the same way. Like, I'm like, uh, like I so 
I work at a hotel by day, right? So that's considered essential, but we're by ourselves for like an eight hour time frame. So I'll just be at work for eight hours alone. And then I would go like to my house and like be by myself until like, you know, maybe Jimmy came around or whatever. But like, I kind of feel the same way you do. Like, that's what we were talking a little bit earlier. Like, in the beginning, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do some live Zooming. I'm going to get this podcast on YouTube. Like, I'm going to show quarantine. Like, you know, really living life on the edge here, right? And then, I like, about two weeks ago, I started having, like, every nervous breakdown possible. And I'm like, well, <laughs> like, you know how it is? Like, everything, like, you're, like, the, the funniest thing was. And a lot of people, like, my mom said, well, that's not a bad thing, Molly. But one day I came home, I was like, I just need to... Like, what's going to make my life more normal is I just need to light a candle or something, you know? <laughs> like, so when I went to get my groceries at Aldi, I'm like, where is it? So I found, like, this random candle for $3. And so it's uh, it's it's scented. So now my apartment smells like vanilla. So I guess that's uh, me existing in my apartment as well. <laughs> so. That's the great thing about Aldi. You can get a candle, you can get a loaf of bread, and also a lawnmower all <laughs> in the same place. <laughs> true like you know when you just go down that aisle and it's kind of like you know you're going to get groceries and I don't know what it is about that aisle and Aldi right but you're like oh I don't have a backyard but <laughs> like, it wouldn't hurt to look at like some patio furniture that I like <laughs> have nowhere to put it or I don't need like and like all these people are like being super perfect like there's a there's a really cute group I don't know if you heard of it on Facebook but it's like a, like an Aldi group and all these like sweet people all over the world are like here's what I bought at Aldi like thank you so much Aldi thank you to our like grocery workers and they're posting their rugs and like all this like mm -hmm. cool stuff and I'm like well I have a box of pasta <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> Is it like Aldi obsessed or something? I, I'm in that yeah. group. Oh, it's cool. Got like millions of people, doesn't it? Yeah. It's Ella Fritz, actually, who's another local St. Louis comedian here. She uh she added me to it. She goes, Oh, this is the group for you. And she wasn't <laughs> wrong. Like, <laughs> she was like, I know, I know. Like we're at a we were at the heavy anchor one night for the open mic, and she's like, Oh, you love Aldi? Be in this group. And I haven't regretted it since. <laughs> What's your favorite item to get at Aldi since we're on this topic? Well, um, the last thing I bought, which was on Tuesday, was a bird bath. And <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine needing anything less than, than a bird bath right now. But it was really pretty and it made me happy, yeah. so I bought it. It's, it's still in my trunk, though. Okay. All right. Have That's not, not bad. have not got it out for the birds to be able to bathe yet. <laughs> well, how long has it been in your trunk? Today's Thursday. I got it on Tuesday. So two days. Okay. Well, you've got time. The trunk is there. Just go get it when you, I mean, that's like the beautiful thing about quarantine is like, you know what I like, I actually, before I came here, I was like, maybe I'll make the bed. And then I was like, you know what? No one's coming over. I don't have right. to impress anybody. Why? Do, I was like, it's quarantine. I can just do what I want. So if you want to buy a bird bath and just leave it in your trunk for two days. <laughs> <laughs> and just get it when you feel like it you can but uh do you have an interest in birds this is what I kind of like about oh, these yes. interviews is I get to learn about things like like Libby you're always so fun but like I've never had a conversation with you about bird baths or birds or all the what what's your what's your fascination with it I I'm I love birds I'm it's so nerdy um but I want I want crows to come to my yard 
so I'm trying to make my yard um, more accessible to crows. Okay. How do you and do that? I, I hear them in the neighborhood. They're over there somewhere. <laughs> I hear them every day. But I think you have to make your yard where it's not, there's not things that bang together to make noise. Um, putting out things like uh, shelled unsalted peanuts apparently helps. Mm -hmm. Having water sources. And just being a nerd, wanting that kind of thing to yeah. happen will attract birds, I think. <laughs> if you just well, walk that's... outside and say, I'm a loser. What? I like birds. <laughs> I think if anything, like, they'll just, uh, like, uh, maybe if you become Carla, they'll be like, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I think that hair is like a scarecrow, though. It would scare them. Oh, my gosh. I love it. Uh, speaking of your characterization. Uh, Libby, you're known for obviously being an improviser and being a comedian. Um, but what I actually just love about you is you really have a nice way of connecting with people. Uh, so what I'll tell you is when I first started doing comedy and why I wanted to have you on was I like was probably my fifth open mic, okay, that I had ever done. And I had like seen you perform. And I was like, she is so fun. Like I got to like tell her that she was great. And then I ended up leaving early. I think I forget where I was, where that one was. But the second time I saw you, we were at the Laugh Lounge. And I remember I saw you and I totally just like fangirled. And I was like, hi, I'm Molly. I just moved back here and I'm doing comedy. And I just thought you were so funny. And you were so kind to me. Like you could have just like been like, okay, cool, thanks. And then just walked away, right? Like some people are like flex and like, thank you. And what you did was so sweet. You were just like, well, thank you so much. You know, I really appreciate that. And I look forward to seeing what you're going to do on stage tonight. And you like watched my set and like you were just so kind about like me pursuing comedy. And I, I mean, even though I don't see you a bunch, I never forgot your kindness. So I always wanted to tell you, oh, I really man. appreciate that. That's very nice. But it was funny because I didn't know about your character, Carla and the excuse me until one of my friends was like, Hey, do you know who that is? And I was like, Libby and like I, I remember I had tagged you in post I was like my idol Libby Higgins is like gonna be on stage for the helium open mic or whatever like you do when you're first starting and they were like no like <laughs> I follow her on Instagram like she's Carla and I was like what are you talking about and then I opened it up and I remember I like and this is like at a time too, kind of like in a very transitional period of my life where I was like moving into a new apartment and moving back into a new city. And I'm just like laughing my ass off being like, wow, like I cannot believe like this is fantastic. Like I, especially being a theater major, I really appreciate when people are creating something and making people laugh at the same time. So what I kind of want to ask you is what got you into, I know everybody asks you this on a podcast, but what got you into comedy and what got you into, you know, specifically improvisation and creating characters? Well, and speaking of theater in high school, I wanted nothing more than to be in plays and stuff, Aww. but I was so scared. You know how I still have stage fright. So mm -hmm. just imagine that in a teenager who is uh, undiagnosed um, anxiety and OCD stuff. So I just, um, I did backstage stuff, which was fun, but it's not what I wanted to do. I wanted to be on stage and just never got the nerve to do it. Right. So then after, um, 
after I, I kicked my husband out, which was when I turned about 40, mm-hmm. I was like, I have to start doing this kind of stuff now because I'm getting older and I can't keep being scared of every little thing. Cause it, I mean, it, it's taken 20 years for me to, to get the nerve up to do it. And that's too long. Mm-hmm. Frankly, it's too long. So, um, I originally started doing online stuff and, and live like broadcast as, as characters. And then I was like, Oh, people think I'm funny. Maybe I could do stand up." And I started doing stand up so much stage fright. Um, so then I started taking improv classes cause I was like, this has to help me. And it really did. It really, uh, taking improv really, uh, changed my life. Not to sound. No, not uh, at all. Cheesy, but it really helps, uh, with every aspect of your life. Mostly just saying like, I'm not going to live my life in fear and I'm going to do what I want. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's like kind of the power of things like theater and improv and comedy, Um, especially for me. I also too have like a ton of anxiety. So directing and writing and like, that's kind of why I went into comedy because I was like, you know, not that I'm like, I've only been doing it for three years, but our comedy community specifically, I identify obviously with our here and now in St. Louis. Um, They're very supportive. And I was like, wow, like these people really enjoy their craft and love what they do. So I think that um, even though you're like, it took too long for me to get there. I feel like everybody has a journey. I know that, I mean, and that's going to sound super cheesy, right? But if you think about it, like I ran a theater company for five years that was independent and I just like, you know, wrote and did it different places. And sometimes like, you know, people are like, well, maybe you should have stuck with that and like built it more, but everything kind of runs its course. So you can either start something thinking it's going to be one thing, or maybe you end it at a certain point where you thought like, oh, you know, maybe I could do more. But I was like, you know what? Good people theater was a good experience for me, but now it's time to do something else. And had I not stopped that and started focusing a little bit more on comedy, I wouldn't have met people like you and, you know, start doing a podcast and meeting cool people. Uh, so I think that's kind of cool. Uh, but what I love, there was one time you were really nervous to go on stage and I don't know what it came over, but I remember I gave you a hug and afterwards <laughs> I was like, sorry if I just like grabbed you and you were like, oh, it's okay. It actually made me feel good. And I was like, good. And then I came at you from the side and it was like a super awkward, like we were at the improv shop and you were about to host and I was like, you got this. And you were like, okay. And then you like went on stage and afterwards I was like, sorry if that was really awkward (laughs) i'm so weird about getting i'm getting better about getting hugged but like Mm. especially if i'm real tense i don't know how to process like hug stuff right i'm trying to be better about hugs because i want to hug people oh um but it's uh it's weird and yeah i was hosting at the improv shop i'm sure i was over over the moon nervous probably about to throw up (laughs) well because it was like i uh sometimes i work on saturday night so i was like oh i'm finally free and the improv shop is only right up the street for those of you who aren't familiar with st louis I live in the artist lofts and the improv shop located here. It's just right up the street from me. So I was like, I'm going to go. And then um, I saw you and you were like, oh, I'm hosting. I was like, oh, great. Let me go get a vodka. I'll be right back. (laughs) So like I felt bad because like here I am with like a vodka on the rocks and like, you know, I'm just like, hey. But I the funny thing for me now (laughs) is that. You know, for those of you who even know me personally, and I'm sure by my personality know that, like, I am a hugger. And now with, like, all this quarantine and, like, all this crazy shit happening right now, I'm like, just 
you know what? No, I'm here. I got you. Like, especially now at the hotel, I'm like, you're, I'm going to have to ask you to stand a little bit further. I'm happy you're here, <laughs> but, uh, I don't want to, oh man, it's, uh, and it's crazy too. I'm like, I want to be here for people, but if you could just stand six feet away from me, that would be great. <laughs> like we could still be like, I one of my girlfriends came over and dropped me off some scrapbooking stuff because I'm an old woman and I like to scrapbook, right? <laughs> exactly. And she's like, here I am. And she just dropped it off in the middle of the street. And I was like, all right, like cars are coming because we're in the city of St. Louis. So I'm like, hold on, let me just get my thing. So I, uh, I understand how you feel. It's like, I, I, it's funny that you're just working towards it though. And I'm like working against it now. I'm like, mm, I'm okay. So <laughs> only if you're Libby Higgins and, you know, nervous at the improv shop, I might, uh, help you out, but that's about Maybe it. Maybe we can meet in the middle then somehow. Yeah, I don't know exactly. what the middle is. What is the middle? <laughs> Maybe Ask it's Tina, when you maybe guys do another us, slap city. <laughs> it's us sitting in the living room, you scrapbooking, and me with the binoculars looking out at birds. That's the middle. That is fantastic. Okay, so we're both nerdy because I've got my scrapbooking, you've got your bird bath in the trunk. It's gonna be great. <laughs> oh my god, that's a well. One of the funniest. Speaking of like nerdy things, so. Uh, <laughs> One time we all, well, this isn't nerdy, but this is going to be funny. So if you like pasta jokes, um, pasta <laughs> jokes. if you like pasta jokes, uh, so Chris Denman actually was very generous and he uh, was like, hey, there's this place called Antonino's. You guys should all go. And Mia Jackson, who is a comedian from Comedy Central, she was headlining here for a show. And Libby happened to be on it. And so it was me and a couple of other comedians, Meredith Hopping and Kate Barton. And uh, we're all sitting around with Mia and we're all like getting food to order or whatever. And <laughs> we're all like, we'll get like, you know, ravioli and all of this. And I would, I, I don't know what it was. Like, I guess like maybe because I'm friends with you, I thought this was hilarious. And you turned to the waitress <laughs> and you were like, oh, I'll have pasta con broccoli. <laughs> and like, no one laughed except like, I am losing You loved shit. it. Oh, I laughed about it for five minutes. <laughs> You like, you loved it so much. Like there was a time I, I definitely slid into your DMs when you said you ordered something from Maggiano's and I said, oh, is it pasta con broccoli? <laughs> like, <laughs> and Libby's like, not this time. But <laughs> oh my God. What a time to be alive. So, you know. <laughs> that was a fun time sitting there in that. Uh... Oh, yeah. No, we told little restaurant. Well, what's kind of cool is I went back there for my birthday and they were like, are you friends with Chris Denman? And I was like, yeah. And they were like, you were here with Libby and Mia. And I was like, I was, that was us. And I almost wanted to be like, hey, I'm going to have pasta con broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> but Did I couldn't you get pull it special off. Special treatment so. um, because you knew Chris. Um, they gave me a really nice piece of tiramisu, which was great. Oh. And I got that. Yeah. They were like, do you like tiramisu? I said, actually, I'm Italian. So my mom used to buy it all the time. They were like, oh, okay. So then they brought that out and it was, it was very nice. And then we had a shot of, uh, and I'm not a huge shot person by any means, but it's a, uh, limoncello. And, uh, mm. my friend Gabby was like, oh, I love that. So they got us three of those. <laughs> Oh, I love that. I was like, okay, yeah, that's how she actually, I, and I'm usually pretty bad at impressions. Like you can ask Tina Deball when I did an impression of her. She's like, 
That doesn't sound like me. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Tina's like this. Hey, guys, it's me, Tina Deeball. And, like, the thing is, because I love Tina, and Tina's a, also a local comedian here in St. Louis, like, whenever she talks to me, I'm like, oh, it just sounds like this. But, like, everybody's like, she sounds like this. And I'm like, <laughs> not to my ears. That that rough tone is like music, okay? <laughs> but speaking of Tina, you guys run a, a podcast together that I am – obsessed with i follow it on spotify it's called slop oh. city yeah i'm a slop city sis and baby i love you guys oh, i saw wow. <laughs> saw you live at the flyover festival here um tell us a little bit about why you two decided to create a podcast together because you guys improvise a lot on the podcast as well it started um tina was doing a different podcast with um another comedian and they had me as a guest and of course tina and i talked about and i don't know what your guidelines are on this but we talked about our private areas a lot <laughs> and several Sorry. people <laughs> I, had I had something on my teeth this whole time so you're talking about your private oh. areas i've got something on have... my teeth we're killing it slap city baby. i don't have my glasses on i can't see <laughs> see the thing on your teeth well it's all right <laughs> I, don't, I don't know when an appropriate time to jump in is, but I, I feel like it's now. I just, you guys are doing great. I wanted to encourage you and, oh. uh, and thank you for the uh, seven shout outs so far. Thank you. <laughs> Chris Denman signing off. Chris Denman, everybody. We are live radio. Subscribe. <laughs> Happy hour. <laughs> but anyway, so Tina was on a podcast and then what happened? Where did we go uh, from? <laughs> so they had me as a guest and we talked about our potty areas a lot <laughs> and several people reached out to us and said hey i could listen to you two talk about your potty areas all day long so then we were like hey we should do a podcast and uh then it happened <laughs> i mean we were we were, were pretty good friends anyway before we started doing that so it was mm -hmm. just like a natural uh thing for us to do together because we're always doing bits yeah constantly yeah and um, it was the right thing to do. It was the right thing to do. Absolutely. It was the next logical step in our relationship. So that's when you know things are getting serious in a friendship. You're just like <laughs> hanging out, cracking bits, and you're like, maybe we should just hang out with Randy Cash and some microphones <laughs> and see what happens. <laughs> Randall R. Cash. Yeah. How is uh, so? Randy's your producer. How does he like working with you guys? Has he uh, has he said much to me? He says he has a great time. So he says he loves it. He yeah. says it's the best part of his week. Oh, that's right. Which, it should be. Which is so great. Um, he's so good, and I. We don't have the, you know, we don't have a fancy Chris Denman setup, but uh, we like we like what we're doing, and we like how Randy's doing shit. So, well, if it makes you feel any better, Chris Denman's more of a convenience because he's up the streets, so it's a little bit different for me. I could That's just the most walk here. Thing anybody's <laughs> ever said to me. Oh, Randy, hard. Randy, I can't walk to him, but I can walk to Chris. So it's okay. <laughs> like everybody I've ever dated. Does this Another erase? Redhead. <laughs> Does this on? erase all the shout-outs we gave you? I know, right? Yeah, I mean, this is that would cut deep. <laughs> My feelings are hurt. Like it's not even like a roll with it. It's like wow, that's uh, that's a tough one. And I can't even give him a hug after this. <laughs> But I can get him some pasta con broccoli. I'm muting. I'm going to mute him. 
<laughs> is your is your podcast um explicit or just you can regular. we have explicit so when you go on oh. itunes we have that that one fun little bar in the uh in the corner it's been it's been hard so far i don't know how long <laughs> we've been doing this but just trying to be appropriate and not say bad words and also just not talk about chris demon's <laughs> potty area it's been really difficult that's all how all the ladies feel. It's just, it's just <laughs> difficult. Not to... What I love is that you just can't see him behind this TV. <laughs> Listen, I try, I try not to jump in. Like, I, I try not to jump in all these podcasts. And then Molly's like, no, no, no. And then this stuff happens. And I'm like, is it funnier if I just let it unfold and you don't hear from me? <laughs> or is it better to kind of jump in and you guys can, you know, get some body shots in? Well, let's, let's talk about this from a technical standpoint. Is it better to trash the, we'll just say producer or whatever off camera, or is it better to have them kind of jump in? I, I think there's an argument for both. I mean, I'm kind of having fun having you in secret because. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> there's no responding. Okay, gotcha. Right. Oh, no. Like yeah. behind the uh -oh. TV. Oh, video <laughs> stuff. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's what you. I mean. Oh, don't worry. It's the best kept there's, secret of St. Louis, Chris Denman. <laughs> there's only two squares. There's not enough room for a square for Chris Denman. I, I'm right? in control of the tech. That is a lie. Oh, man. This is fun. This nope. is like uh, the best. Two this squares. is like so casual. Two squares. These are the Hollywood squares there's, right now. There's two squares, all right. I, I agree. <laughs> definitely, definitely two squares. The two wow. squares of the bird bath and the scrapbooking, okay? <laughs> Libby, I've missed you. You're so fun. I, uh, you. I know you're just, like I said, you are one of my favorite people, but there is a question. And I know some of my girlfriends uh -oh. have asked, no, it's a good thing. Actually, it has to do with Carla. So some of my girlfriends who like, you've met some of them and they obviously adore you. Um, but they're like, why did you choose McDonald's? for Carla and the McRib, like, you know, that's like what you're known for. Why McDonald's other than like a fast food chain, like, like Taco Bell or like any of those, you know what I mean? Um, is it just well, your favorite or do you have a deep connection with the golden arches? <laughs> What's happening? This, <laughs> this is the story. I lived with my mom in Maryland Heights at the time because I'd left my husband and I would go up to the McDonald's on Dorset to sit in the parking lot and smoke and like drink a soda. Yeah. Because I couldn't smoke in my mom's house and it was too cold to sit out on the porch. So I would just go up there, run the car, smoke. And then I would just sit there and think, you know, what would happen if I always think of these situations and I think it's my OCD where I'm just constantly like running things through my head. And I just thought, what if some, I went in there and somebody said this to me, and then I literally got my wig out of the trunk and just started recording. And that's how that happened. So it, there was not a lot of thought in it at um, all. I, well, I, that's actually what I've talked about on a few podcast episodes is like, obviously, like I plan out, you know, podcasting and stuff because there are technical things that are involved in that. But what I find interesting is some of the best stuff that has like gone viral or people like or are crazy about really just didn't have a lot of thought to in it. It just came from like the person's soul and personality, which is like, I, and I say that not to be like, 
You have such a soul and a personality, Libby. Like, let's just keep talking in the mic. Like, we're just so proper. But why I say that is because, like, it actually comes out through your work, which is why I think that you resonate so well with people. And I kind of touched on that earlier. Um, but I do really respect and appreciate that. Um, so I know that we have a lot going on right now with, like, quarantine and different, like, things that are happening in the world. Um when you're you're definitely a strong content creator do you plan on like maybe i know this is kind of a deep question but do you plan on doing like any other content during this time having it like a narrative form maybe or are you going to still do characterization what is your thought on creating content in 2020 under the certain different circumstances that we're in right now everybody kind of has different thoughts on it with like zoom shows or things like where do you where do you stand on that um i've been asked to do a couple of zoom shows and i because of my anxiety i cannot do them but now um with black lives matter being mm -hmm. um so important sure and in the forefront of everything I would feel gross creating any kind of um, content that is uh, anything, even funny, even funny mm -hmm. stuff to just sort of relieve the air feels gross to me because it's not, what I'm doing is not important. Um, Black Lives Matter right now, and that exactly. needs to be at the front of everything. So, uh, what I'm doing is irrelevant. Mm -hmm. um, so no, I don't think I'm going to be creating any content at this time um, that would be completely self-serving and I don't think it's appropriate. I, I absolutely agree. And I think exactly Black Lives Matter. I think that's a great answer to the question, um, which is why like when I do my podcasting stuff, like that's why I'm trying to share more places. Like, cause you know, a lot of people are like, hey, where are you donating? Where do you think is a good place to donate? And so anything that I can do and share, especially like when we do have a conversational narrative like this between two people, um, that's gonna start to be my goal from now on moving forward. Because a lot of people are like, well, are you going to continue the podcast? Are you going to keep doing stuff? And that's like one thing that I'm like, if I have a platform, I want to be able to use it correctly, especially if I can, I mean, not that I'm like any saint or angel by any means, you know, I'm a big fan of pasta con broccoli. So who am I? But I like, you know, not that I have like this, you know, giant following, but if I can at least like reach out to one person and be like, hey, I donated here, you should too, like you know, like having, using your platform for a positive is kind of what I tell people when they ask that question. Um, so I really appreciate your answer because we're very much on the same page when it comes to that. Um, what I, what I do love though, is um, you do have such a connection with your content and your live performance. What is the difference between performing for like content per se versus performing on stage? Because I know that sometimes people are like, oh, I prefer like live stage production versus like, oh, I prefer stuff like on film or on YouTube. What is a, what, what, what would you say is the biggest difference and how do you adapt to either one? Um, I'd say uh, the, li the doing live stuff, you get such an immediate you get immediate feedback, mm -hmm. um, which I love because then it's like, oh, I can fix that, make it better, or that works. Um, 
there's a there's a detachment with doing online content because um it's not at your response isn't as immediate and i f i feel more uh i take more risk i think on online content because um there is that bear there is like a barrier yeah. between me and the audience so it's like oh if this doesn't work it do, it's not as it's not as humiliating as when you're <laughs> trying something new in real life and it, <laughs> mic and it just doesn't fly and it, you feel so gross and uncomfortable yeah um, what was what was the question <laughs> so, <laughs> i know it's kind of a, like a like a differentiating question um i was about to say like how do you approach like live like live performing versus creating digital content live performance has much much more uh preparation and mm -hmm. online stuff is very oh i'll just do this and then i do it and there's not a lot of thought i mean not that there's not a lot of thought but there's less planning and there's no practicing it's just doing it whereas live stuff you got to be prepared you can't <laughs> you can't go out there with nothing yeah a hundred percent um, I was going to say, do you have like a certain method or theme before, like, like some people are like, oh, I have a glass of whiskey before I go on stage oh, or, <laughs> or, uh, I have tea or I have something like before I go on stage, do you have some kind of like, uh, like, I don't really have one to be honest. Like I kind of just like prepare my material and see what happens. Is there some kind of ritual that you have before you go on stage? <laughs> I'm only laughing because, uh, in part because of my OCD, when I get caught up in a ritual, mm -hmm. it becomes a thing like, oh, if I don't do this, I'm going to have a bad show. So I have to be very careful and conscious about sure. what I'm doing each time. Mm -hmm. Is Chris about to say something? Does he want to? Do you want to say something, like Chris? Was, <laughs> I thought I heard him. So the thing that I do every time is... I don't eat before. Um, and Chris broke that when he had us go eat before the show so I could get that the is, I forgot the about way. that. That's right. Yeah, she was like, I don't eat before a show, so you were going to get it to go, right? <laughs> and then you were like, screw it. I'm going to just eat anyway. <laughs> I'm going to be fine. <laughs> like, literally, it was hysterical because you were like, it's fine. <laughs> And then, oh wait, this is the laugh that I needed. I remember you like, again, I was like the only one laughing. You took the bag. <laughs> and you're like, well, and then I think like either they gave you a fork or you asked for one and you opened up the container and like put your fork in it and was just like, I'm just going to eat out of the bag, out of the plastic <laughs> container. <laughs> like, and it was think just so great. Maybe that was a loophole in my uh, OCD. Like, oh, if I eat it in a to-go box, is it really, am I really <laughs> eating before? Who knows? I totally, like, that's a thing. I actually don't eat before shows. Like, Jimmy will be like, hey, are you hungry? Do you need something to eat? And I'm like, no. But then, of course, like, you know how it is. Like, anytime you leave, whether you're a musician or a live performer, anything, like, once you get it done, you're like, oh, I'm so hungry right now. I could eat, like, three <laughs> yes. bags of chips and get, like, a cool icy pop at the QT. Like, I <laughs> <laughs> and like suddenly I'm this like this ravenous tiger. I'm like, what the hell is the matter with me? I can't take it. But uh, I I totally understand. I really 
have a ritual either. Like I, I mean, and I think that's another thing that just comes with, like, we're very similar in that regard. Like I don't really have OCD, but I do have anxiety. Like if I'm doing something, I'm like, just leave me alone. Like I just, Mm -hmm. I just need to like, again, that's where the, I just need to like be in my zone. I can't talk right now. Like that's always the time too, that people want to hug you. And you're like, I'm really sorry. Like (laughs) so much love, but like even Molly Ambergy right now, like I got, I got to roll. I got to do shit. I got to go, got to move. Um, go ahead. I, I do. Um, when I, I, I'll have my notebook usually, I will write my set list down probably 15 times and I'll rip it up in these little squares. And if, the, if it's not perfectly ripped, then I have to do it all over again. Yeah. So, but that just helps me remember like my jokes, um, totally. ripping up these pieces of paper and writing it a million times. <laughs> it's absurd, <laughs> but like, no, I have to do it. I feel like everybody has their own method. Like for me, what I've had to do to like help with pacing, right? Because I'm kind of a rambler is I put like these big dark lines in between things where I'm like, it's like a weird pause. So in my brain, I see that dark line. I'm like, oop, got to pause. Can't do that. So I'm sure people are like, she's so angry. She's like, I didn't get my pasta on broccoli. Like, <laughs> I need to speak with the manager. And I'm like, all I want to do is just not ramble during a set. It's fine. Like, I can't do you, help it. Do you take a, a paper up with you every time? No, I actually find it distracting, at least for me. Like there's some people like where they should like, look, I feel like for me, if I have too much going on, right. If my like, and that's, I mean, that's the, the Italian in me wants to like move my hands like this, right. Like when during, during tech, the other John, the other voice you heard was like, what's your arm movement like? And I went, (laughs) oh man, (laughs) is that a a question? So that's uh it's more for me like if the like thank God like in stand up I have a microphone that I can just put my other hand on, right? And then mm-hmm. like the other one can just kind of do its thing. And I feel like if I also just had a notebook here, it would be so distracting because I'd be like, oh. And then I would maybe use that a little bit more as a crutch. But I see other people who are like very seasoned that maybe sometimes like bring up something just to kind of look over like their premises or whatever they have on there. Everybody has, I think that's what's interesting about performance is everybody has their own style. How do you feel about that? I definitely take a thing with me every single time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sometimes I might not even look at it, but I just like having it there. Cause one of my biggest fears, and this is what kept me from doing theater in high school was that I was going to freeze up and forget everything. Mm-hmm. So, uh, for some reason, I just can't let go of that. Even though I know every time I get on stage, I'm fine. Nothing happens. And I remember everything. Um, I just can't let go of that. Mm-hmm. Tra- it's trauma. Tra- high school theater trauma. Because one time <laughs> I did audition. Oh, my God. It was terrible. Yeah. I'm just thinking. I was in high school theater. So, that's why I'm laughing. I understand. Sometimes you just <laughs> still walk. Like, I still remember being yelled at by one of my, like, high school theater teachers. And she was just horrible right (laughs) like she uh she said something like she's like you didn't even remember and to this day I'm like oh I remember when she said she yelled at me for not remembering something and so like when I don't remember something sometimes it just comes up so trust me I've got some trauma traumatizing (laughs) traumatizing but what was yours (laughs) I um was auditioning for a play and I I hadn't prepared enough um is really what happened. And I walked up there and the, the drama teacher was sitting in the audience. And then this guy named Kyle 
who was a guy that I had seen in a play and it really, his performance made me want to perform too. Cause I was like, wow, he is incredible. So he was sitting there too. And then I was like, oh shit. And then I just literally was going and could, I just totally blanked. And I just immediately started crying and just left. I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't do this. And I could not, I couldn't get over it for years. Oh yeah. I understand. Years. It's hard. It's like, especially in those like formative years. And I hate to like use that as like a fancy term, like, you know, your adolescence when you're making, but uh, <laughs> I, I, I get when I was in the seventh grade, I had this huge solo in front of the whole middle school for this Christmas concert. And I froze in the concert in church. Oh. And I, I like, I went off a note. And so all these people, and it took me like, like I had to go to school and like the principal was trying to be nice. Like he was like, oh, it's okay. And I just started crying in the stairwell, right? Like I just was like, thank you. <laughs> like, and you just don't get over it. Like it's a weird, like I still like some, like, and it's always comes up like in the weirdest times, right? Like you'll just be taking a shower and you'll be like, remember that one time I screwed oh. up a solo? And like, why am I thinking about this while washing my hair? Like, but anxiety <laughs> does that. Like, it's like, oh, hold on. You're feeling the most insecure light now. Let's like go really back into some trauma, right? And we'll start talking about this before you use your conditioner. Like, it's like a whole thing. I understand Or your brain's it. like, Oh, you're feeling pretty good today. Let's remind you of uh, <laughs> when you didn't do very well in high school. Exactly. So that's why you and I now. need scrapbooking and bird baths. <laughs> and the thing is, I've only made one scrapbook that I sent to a friend. So like... <laughs> They're very time consuming. Oh, my God. They really are. You're like sitting there with the glue stick. And the first two pages are super fun, right? And then you're like... <sighs> I have to commit. Like I have to I have to finish this. Like <laughs> the last page has like one sticker and one picture and you're like over it. No nice lettering or anything. That was that's actually right on the money because <laughs> because the, it was for my friend Dana who just moved to Tennessee and I was like oh COVID just like that's when COVID just happened so she and her boyfriend had like finally gotten together after being friends for so long and then like they're like we're gonna start this new life together and they moved to Tennessee and the whole country is like goodbye COVID's happening so they're <laughs> like man like this is like relationship 101 we're quarantined together we gotta figure this out so I was like I'm gonna do a nice thing and like make a scrapbook for her and I'm in quarantine quarantine too. So, you know, like this is going to take up some time. And like, then I was like, even in quarantine, I'm like, all right, these last couple of pages, there was like one photo and then I like wrote a note. <laughs> and then the other page was like a giant map of Tennessee. <laughs> and I was like, love ya. <laughs> Here oh, that's it is. so funny. It's a thought that counts, right? <laughs> you should have switched the pages around so it looked like you started off slowly and then built up to this beautiful crescendo of, of the last two pages were amazing. <laughs> exactly. I'll be like, it's the thought on the last two. Oh, yeah. And then see, I ran out of photos, but I had like one photo. So I had to print off like a couple of like photos off of Facebook. So I was like, well, this pixelation isn't even very good either. <laughs> so, <laughs> This album belonged in Slop City. We'll just put it that way. <laughs> it's all good. 
<laughs> oh man, oh, what's a uh, so you know? Speaking of quarantine, what have you been doing to kind of occupy your time during it? Have you been? Because everybody's like, you know, I've been learning a new skill. Like I do yoga. I'm teaching myself guitar. I'm cooking. Is there anything that uh, you've been? Have you watched something really good? What's been on Libby's agenda when uh, she's at home? Well, pre last week, I was watching Outlander. Mm-hmm. And I'm, you, I know you listen to Slop City, so you know I'm not a TV gal. I'm not a movie gal. Yeah. And I watched five seasons of a show in four days. So that tells you how much um, I needed to digest it all at once. Mm-hmm. Um, this week, I am reading so much stuff about how to uh, dismantle uh, white supremacy. Mm-hmm. Same. Um, how to be um, an ally without trying to center yourself because white people love to do that. Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm trying to learn as much as I can this week. Uh, So that's what I'm doing. But before that, it was just, um, I just felt like I was, um, I I felt, I don't get lonely, but I felt very isolated in that I'm like, I don't usually watch TV, but I'm going to watch the show and playing, video games which i never have really done a lot but animal crossing sucked me in yeah i was like i'm just trying to escape i guess i don't Mm -hmm. really even know yeah i like i haven't played a bunch of video games but now that like a lot of people have been reaching out to me and telling me about animal crossing you're not the first (laughs) one so i don't know if it's just that vibe that i give off for people like man molly would love animal crossing so now Probably like, you know, I, I, who knows, maybe I'm going to look into this game. So I have no idea. You got to get a Nintendo <laughs> Switch and play Animal Crossing. Oh man, that's going to be a lot of work. I don't know. <laughs> like, I, uh, maybe I'll talk to Jimmy about it. Be like, hey, do you have an old Nintendo? Is it old? I don't know anything about video games. I feel so, like the other day, um, so I'm a big fan of Tomb Raider, right? Because I love like women who are strong. And like, I, I looked up to Tomb Raider as a kid. I always wanted to be that badass that like went through tombs and like found cool shit. And I was like, man, I always wanted to be like Angelina Jolie. And somebody's like, yeah, I used to play the video game. And I was like, oh, it was a video game. And my friend was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> so I'm like, oh man, I don't know if I should brag about me wanting to be Tomb Raider anymore. Cause clearly I didn't know the origin of it. <laughs> But at least you know a little bit more. But is a is Nintendo Switch a new thing or is it an old thing? It's a new. It's well, it's new. It's newer. Um, new it's right. a handheld system, but you can okay. also have it on the TV. Gotcha. And that's what I do because I'm an elderly woman. I can't <laughs> see the game. I'm like I can't see anything. <laughs> so I like having it on the TV. I uh, I feel the same way. I, I I have to have things like that's why we're on a big screen right now. Like it's actually kind of nice that I don't have to like squint anymore the way that I used to like before this I used to I bought a shower curtain at the dollar store as my background so yes (laughs) I was like it's five dollars it's gonna look professional it's fine and I could use it for my bathroom when this is all over so yeah here we go five dollars at the dollar store what kind of dollar store is that oh what a ripoff right family dollar (laughs) it's just like i'm a one-person family and they're like well that's going to be five (laughs) dollars because you're just one person so (laughs) 
I'm more of a dollar general girl, not a, oh. a family dollar gal. Yeah. I wish I, so in St. Peter's where Jimmy is, there is the dollar general and I love them too. Just the family dollar happens to be close to, because it's again, just like Chris Denman, it's right up the street. So it's all about the convenience. <laughs> Oh man. I love Jimmy's hair so long right now. Oh my god, yes. For those of you who don't know, uh I uh well let's let's be honest. We all got, got we got quarantine hair going on. Okay. I mean, like <laughs> it's less noticeable with the women because you know we either always have our hair up or mm -hmm. but the men you can tell their hair is just growing so quickly and I love it just to see so many guys with these this really long hair. Oh yeah. It's like, well, so I have my hair up, right. But like my roots and everything are coming out. Cause my, I, I try to like, keep it. I use like color treated shampoo that I bought oh. from uh, Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would not step foot in a Walmart right now. Oh my God. I didn't even go. So here's what's so funny. So before the pandemic hit, right. I had the flu twice. So I had the flu in the beginning of January and then I went to LA with Jimmy and then I had the flu again. So I couldn't I like, it. oh, it was so dramatic because everybody's like, where are you? We never see you anymore. I'm like, I'm in bed. I'm sick. <laughs> I can't go anywhere. Like that's when you start, you're like, what the hell? Like I, it's just, I don't know. But long story short, Libby, Walmart does like grocery delivery, right? So mm -hmm. I was like, all right, I just have to get like a couple of items and wanted the two of the items were toilet paper and shampoo. So <laughs> I was like, oh, this shampoo looks good. And it's like two bottles in one. It's cheap. I'll take it. And then all they had in toilet paper was this like giant angel soft. And I was like, why am I going to use this much toilet paper? This is exactly why I don't shop in bulk. Like, and all of a sudden the <laughs> pandemic hit and I'm like, oh my God, I have toilet paper and I have, oh, I should be so much more. I have to be grateful. Like, <laughs> I need a storm of gratitude. Oh my God. I was like, so thankful. I was like, oh my God, I actually have. So I, and I, here's the thing. Like it was so big that like anybody who shops at Costco or Sam's will appreciate this. Like it's still around. Like I still have a few <laughs> rolls <laughs> that are left. And I'm like, man, like somebody, I don't know who it was, but damn, somebody was watching over me and they were like, you're sick and the pandemic is about to hit. We just <laughs> like, <laughs> don't leave you your house. Flu a? Yeah. I had the worst one, whichever that one is, that's what I, I had both. So I started with B, I think. And oh, then the geez. second, the second wave was flu A and the poor doctor was like, yeah, it's like one of the worst ones. And, you know, it's just going around. And I said, well, how do you prevent this? And she's like, oh, you know, it's just like, it just happens when you, you exist. <laughs> <laughs> I so had I flu A oh, and see. strep at the oh, same time. Oh God. When did that happen? It, it was about January. Oh Jesus. About that time. And I kept thinking, man, I feel the worst I've ever felt. And they're like, yeah, you have flu A. That's probably why. Yeah. And I had originally gone to the Walgreens clinic. Mm -hmm. And it, for some reason, the strep test did not show that I had strep. So I went to work for another two days thinking I didn't have strep. And I actually did have strep. That so. happened to me. I like, I feel like that's everybody. It's like anybody that's going to watch this is going to relate because it's the same thing. <laughs> like you, I went to one of those clinics too. Right. And the first time I took a test, they said I had nothing. And then I, um, I was like still sick after 10 days. And of course, like you're going to work and like 
G-ing it out, right? You're just like, well, mm -hmm. like if I, I got to go to work, somebody, I got to pay bills. Something's got to give here. Like, I don't know, you know? So then I went back and she was like, yeah, of course you're sick. You have the flu. And I'm like, why didn't the test show this beforehand? <laughs> I've been walking around. Like, it's like plays with your mind. I'm like, I feel like a freaking crazy person right, right. now. <laughs> you feel like you're a, uh, what's it called? When you think you have sicknesses all the time? Oh, I, there is a fancy term. What's that word? Uh, Hypochondria. Oh, there we yeah. go. I was about to say, Chris, can you chime in? Thank you. <laughs> I was so sick and yet the test was showing nothing. I'm like, I, I kept telling them at work. I'm like, I'm just so sick. Yeah. And you feel like nobody believes you. No. Because, you know, granted, I have looked on Google and I've had pr probably every disease there is known to man. Um, <laughs> just Same. because I... <laughs> misdiagnosed myself but for this like this time i was like i really am sick right now <laughs> i understand not... that though i i understand how you feel like do you do are you one of those like web mders yes like, you... <laughs> but thank god though because i actually did do have something wrong with me that was not getting diagnosed at the doctor it was getting diagnosed as uh just plain obesity because that's what doctors like to do to fat people. But I actually do have something wrong with me and I diagnosed it myself, unfortunately, because my doctor uh, just looked at me as a fat person. Well, that doctor is ridiculous. So well, sometimes you have to fight for what you need. I get it. <laughs> so I'm on the up and up now. You're on the up. You mean, listen, we're on the up and up. We got the bird bath. <laughs> I mean, like it's, it's there though. It, like, that's what I love is that like, it, it's been there for you. Like it's, it's just waiting like that. The bird bath is probably the most reliable thing in 2020 right now. Like it's, it's there whenever you need it, whenever you have a chance to get to it, no judgment, it'll be there. And it'll when be there. You decide. A lot. And might I add, along with the blow-up mattress that I bought at Aldi that's been there since January. So yes. <laughs> I could have a garage sale of Aldi finds out of my trunk, <laughs> honestly. Well, uh, this is this episode is sponsored by Libby's Aldi finds. <laughs> you can just go to her trunk at any point. <laughs> She'll just stay inside, just wear a mask. <laughs> I'll just pop my trunk from inside. <laughs> you can pick whatever you want, really. I mean, there's a bird bath, there's an air mattress, and there's probably some patio furniture for a patio you don't have. But Libby's got it. <laughs> you know what else is in there? A stepping stool for when I did a show at, at the South Town Pub because that step upstairs is like this fucking high, right? <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking so I had to bring a little stool, and that's also in there. Oh, my God. Rest in peace, Southtown Pub. <laughs> yeah, that stage was so hard to get up onto. I know. The things that Chris Denman has put us through, let me tell you what. I'm such a baby. I would be like, Libby doesn't like me. And then, and then she's like, I don't like stepping up on that stage. I was like, oh, I, I, made, I made someone's anxiety about me. Okay, cool. I, I finally had to tell him, look, bro, that stage is... You know, because it's, it's hard to admit that, like, you're not as strong as you once were. And you have to tell someone, like, I can't step on that stage. But now I know why. It's because I have <laughs> something wrong with me. That's why. Um, at the time, I don't think I even knew. Um, 
Well, at least you have something like wrong with you. I just couldn't get on the stage. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was how do you think it was two two feet? It was hard. Yeah, it was and hard. There was no rail. <laughs> if it yeah. had like a rail, I could like exactly. Like, pull myself up. And you're just like, I haven't done any core work, okay? Like, I can't. I was like, I've been eating wings at the bar. What do you think this is? <laughs> I'm a comedian. I was like, not all of us are Joe Rogan and we are Fab Fitness. <laughs> I was like, some of us just wanted to walk up the street <laughs> just record. <laughs> Oh, oh my god! So That's like the one thing I miss about being around comedians is like we just find like the funniest shit and like the smallest thing. And don't feel bad about a step stool. I haven't brought one with me, but before I moved back to St. Louis, this lady that lives in my neighborhood in Cincinnati, she like is, yeah, she's my parents' neighbor. She goes, hey, I have all this random crap. Can you take some of it? And of course I'm like young. I'm like, yeah, free shit. Just throw it in my car. <laughs> so there was this step stool. I was like, when am I going to use this? And now I use it because my loft has like all these high shelves for like somebody who's like Michael Jordan height. They're like, I mean, like, <laughs> like I'm like, God bless Michael Jordan and his documentary. But like, I am not his height. I need that step stool. Like, <laughs> or I'll be having the last dance and it won't be fun. Like he's going to have this awesome career and I'm going to be like, I can't reach this shelf. It's meanwhile, like, and that's the thing about like tall people, they can just like reach up. It must be so nice. I'm just like, I, I just don't have that luxury, unfortunately. But you know, we all, that step stool, it helps you with my closet. It helps you with my cabinet. So, I mean, especially in quarantine is when it uh it definitely helped me because I'm sure you felt the same when you started like cooking and like doing stuff mm -hmm. and you're like even if it's just that box of pasta from Aldi I was like it's still up high <laughs> I need to grab it. you need one of those grabber tools you can just like extend your hand I used to work in it. a bunch of retail and I definitely used one of those and some people are like that's so stupid but I'm like it's so helpful when you need it <laughs> Stop judging me for using my grabbing tool. <laughs> grabbing tool. Can help us with the bird bath, okay? Ooh. <laughs> I'm definitely setting up my bird bath after this call is done. I can't wait. Please send me a picture so that way I can uh, see what it looks like when it's done. <laughs> uh, I'm going to give you the uh, the valid, not, not that you were maybe asking for it, but it's always nice to have validation when you build something. Be like, Hey, here's here. When people are like, wow, you picked up a new skill in quarantine. I'll be like, she built something. <laughs> and you get some pasta con broccoli. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I don't get pasta tonight, I'm probably going to pass away. <laughs> oh, no. Take me home, Lord. <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, we need you. We need Libby. We need you. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to, I don't even know. I know you're joking, but still, I love you just, too much for that. <laughs> I won't pass away just from not eating pasta con broccoli. <laughs> Speaking of silly things, um, what I'll ask you is, you know, you are known for your comedy and your improvisation. And like I said, you know, you are... Um, a woman in comedy as well. And I, I know, yeah, are you, you know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I bring it up because like a lot of people I talk to are always like, and why, again, why I love you is because you are very inspirational. And like, like I said, like you did touch me when I first started doing comedy and you were somebody I looked up to. Um, I know like right now, obviously we're not doing like any open mics or like shows or anything like that, but 
Um, for people who are maybe interested, a lot of people who listen to this podcast usually are about pursuing comedy and whatnot. Um, what advice can you give them maybe during quarantine um, or just like in the future about maybe taking the stepping stones like you did to trying something new that maybe you wanted to pursue for a long time? Uh, really, my advice is, um, and this is what pushed me, was like I had to realize that I'm going to be scared no matter what. So I might as well be scared and doing the thing that scares me instead of scared. And then 10 years down the road thinking, God, I wish I would have done this 10 years ago. Right. Cause fear won't kill you. Um, also, <laughs> even though I haven't been doing this, I would say, write. Just keep writing. I've been writing some, but not as much. I probably could have written a whole Netflix special by now with the time that I had, but I don't. Um, just write and and F your, as we say at the improv shop, F your fear. I'm not going to say the whole word. It's, <laughs> but it's I, a I, Christian I know podcast. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> we just get a little deep on here sometimes, but... Uh... <laughs> That's, that's really about it. Casually deep on some certain points, but that's all right. You can drop it. It's okay. <laughs> I just say, screw your fear and just do it. Just, I like that. I think that's like some of the best advice. A lot of comics we've had on, it's just said the same thing. And I feel like that applies to anything in life. Um, at least for me, again, this is where we casually get deep. Um, through this time frame, I've really put my I know this is, again, going to sound super cheesy, but I've really put my priorities in perspective, um, whether that means like, you know, doing something that like I want to do like artistically or, you know, standing up for what I believe in or, you know, like just anything that in the guidelines that maybe beforehand I, I took advantage of or I was afraid to do. I'm almost like, man, I wish I had not taken advantage of stuff like that. And I, I wish I had said something sooner, you know, so anything mm -hmm. that I can do at this point, um, I, I feel the same way, you know, fuck your fear. We'll just, we'll just drop it out. Right. See, it. see, we just did it. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's like, I mean, but that at the end of the day, like you do, you can't, you can't worry about stuff like that. Like, that's like one thing I, I was talking to Chris Sear actually, who's another comedian here and he won't mind me bringing this up at all, but that's like, we were talking about stand up. as I was like, the one thing I'm going to do is like, stop caring so much. I feel like sometimes like, you get so like, and this happens in like all artistic fields and even like in business and things like sometimes we like, we're so passionate about our jobs and like our pursuits that we forget, like, you know, like why we did them in the first place. So that's something that I told him. I was like, you know, I just want to be like, fuck it. I just want to do this. I want to like, like pursue what I want and like stand up for what I believe in. And like, I don't really care what anybody says. I don't care if somebody unfollows me. <laughs> I just, I just, I don't care anymore. Like, I just know what I'm doing is right. And that, that's the best that I can offer somebody, you know? Um, but what I, I will ask you too, as well. Um, somebody had asked me like they, oh, somebody went, you were, weren't you performing with Fortune Feister at Helium one night yes. or was it during the weekend? Um, so that's, I love her as well. Um, who is, I mean, I mean, I watched her special during quarantine and I was like <laughs> laughing. I think that's the thing too. Like I told Rafe Williams, who's another local comedian here and he's got a comedy album out. We interviewed him on the podcast. Like I think why I was so passionate about interviewing him was I heard his live album and this is when we were in quarantine. I was like, the jokes, 
the people, the action, like, I feel like I'm there. Right. You know, and that's mm -hmm. like the same with like fortune. I was like, oh my gosh, like Libby worked with her. And, um, one of my friends went to see the show and she loved it. Um, so I want to ask you, obviously you can say fortune, but are, has there been like somebody that you've worked with that's been your favorite person to work with thus far? Oh, there's so many. I, I feel, bet. I'm so grateful for anyone that, um, that takes time to like, you know, just chill with you or just acknowledge that, Hey, um, you know, I see you, uh, what's the word I see you working, keep working. You're doing great. I appreciate that coming from somebody who's been doing it, uh, for a while, man, this really put me on the spot. Cause I'm trying to think <laughs> there's been so many great people that I've worked with. That's great, though, that yeah. you're overwhelmed by greatness. You know, I'd rather have that than being like, I hate everyone that I worked with or something like I that. I haven't yeah. had one bad, ex I honestly haven't had That's one fantastic. bad experience uh, with with um, comics. I've been really lucky uh, that I've, for some reason, I skipped hosting and went to featuring, and now I'm going back. I've gone backwards and tried to do more hosting, which is, Whew. Uh, that's not a job for a, a new, a newer comic hosting is so hard and it seems like they always put the newer comics as host, but hosting is hard mm -hmm. and terrifying. Yeah. Um, but I've learned a lot more since I started hosting. Um, I keep getting distracted. That's okay. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of the great comics that I've worked with that really stand out but they're they've all just been so great that's i mean that's a that's a great answer i mean like if you like sometimes i think that's fantastic that you know sometimes we forget like how many people have like you know what i mean that we've met that have been so awesome so i think that's great because like you know you always hear so many horror stories right it's like oh i didn't want to work with this person or i didn't like this person but i think that's fantastic that you've had so much great work um you're clearly loved by i mean you've been you're loved by a lot of people libby but you know st louis definitely loves you for sure and like this is you know where our podcast is based and that you know you got to shout out to the uh, stl but um <laughs> you know from the Lou and I'm proud. Hey, Nellie. <laughs> He's going to be our next guest, right? <laughs> Ooh, can I be on that one too? Oh my gosh. Yes. We'll get you, Chris Denman, me and Nellie. And that would be a, that would be a Hollywood squares to, to remember for sure. <laughs> I have a, I have a friend who is friends with Nellie and I keep, I'm like, just give me Nellie's phone number. He'll like me. Once he gets to know me, he'll really like me. And he's like, I'm not giving you Nellie's phone number. <laughs> I'm like, I come on, can you make it? I want to collab with Nelly. Who wouldn't? Oh my God. You, I, the thing is, I could actually see a great collaboration with you and Nelly, if I'm being quite honest. Like, maybe we, you know what I mean? Like, I could see Libby and Nelly taking the streets, like, taking some just, names. Just give if, me a chance, Nelly. If you want to go and take a ride with Libby, <laughs> hey, must be the money. <laughs> I was a big fan of Nelly when I was in high school. So like I still like on my on my uh, my iPod Nano, if you can imagine. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, That's... that I had him on there. I, I mean, I also have had cassette tapes, but they didn't have Nelly on them. But <laughs> yeah, I was like, I still had cassettes. But I didn't have any. But yeah, my iPod Nano, I had all of his songs and like uh 
there was a, we had this class and then, well, we'll end this, but I think this will be funny for you to listen to. But uh, we had this class in uh, seventh grade called The Art of Listening. <laughs> oh, wow. And it was a music class. And like, you could take like some other classes. And of course I'm like, oh no, I'm going to take this class. So that way I could just sit and listen. <laughs> <laughs> parents are like what is this and I was like yeah I go to class for like an hour or so and you'd like listen to music and then the test was welcome to private school okay you like <laughs> sit there and like Molly's just breaking the system I'm uh I'm like you would listen to like he had like one of those cd players and you would take the test and you would listen to the music and like you would put one for the first track that you would listen to for whatever match, like one to one or like two to two or whatever. And then what he did, his name was Mr. Bowden. Um, we did like a student Friday where you would pick like your own songs to listen to. <laughs> and so everybody's like, Jessica Simpson, Britney Spears. And I'm like, Nelly, Air Force One. <laughs> So it's like what all these white kids and me just like. <laughs> what kind of class was this? Uh, right. It was like you like, so it was like cultural in a sense where you would listen to like classical music. So it'd be like, here's something from this symphony and like, here's something from, but the best part was like, here's like little Molly in the seventh grade. And I had like, of course I had these blonde highlights because I was me and I would like clip them in and everything. And I'm like, yeah, Springfield Township, Cincinnati, Ohio, baby. I'm going to rep some Nelly. And they'd be like, what are you going to listen to? I'm like, Air Force Ones. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm like, how did I even have friends? I have no idea. Do you have a favorite Nelly song? I really love the one that he does with the country guy. Oh, uh, yeah. Is it um, is it Tim McGraw or is it Florida? Again. All in my head. I think about it. I love that one. Again. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I don't think there's a Nelly song I don't like. Right? I mean, we're just so proud of him. He's we're our just, St. Louis guy. Uh, Yeah. Did you watch the interview on Instagram Live with Nelly and Ludacris? Mm -mm. Oh, yeah. Denman, did you watch that? I saw some of the comments on it. Nelly got... Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> apparently there was a bad internet connection and uh, we apparently Nelly took an L. We'll just say that. Well, I <laughs> he <Here's>... what? <laughs> In sports, um, losses are sometimes known as an L. Uh, okay. Yes, so there you go. That's... Not a big L sports gal. <laughs> wouldn't have guessed. We need to take our stepping stool to understand that lingo for a second. Tur turns out Libby's a massive NFL fan, knows everything. <laughs> can name the offensive line of the 1979 St. Louis Cardinals. <laughs> knows where the backup quarterback went to college. So. Wouldn't that be funny? Yeah, wouldn't that be funny if you just knew all those things? It'd be it'd be better if somebody was like kind of talking down to you at a show, and you're like, actually, and then you just bury them with all that. That would be what I would put in the Libby Higgins movie, like make you like a a weird, like savant of uh, NFL. <laughs> <rosters>. <laughs> oh, I'm excited for this movie. It's like we have like a great tell-all. Can I direct it? I direct plays. I can direct a movie. Like, <laughs> who's gonna who's gonna star as me? 
I, can we, Chris, do you think it should be Livy or should we cast somebody else? What do you think the script should be? Uh, I like to sell, I mean, you've, you've put enough work in that you, yes. get, to, you get to play yourself for I sure. I agree. Yes. Who would I want to work with other than now, Livy? Like, <laughs> I'll say this, like who's, who's playing, like, let's not forget, Lil, <laughs> Libby's a veteran. Like who's playing, who's playing army Libby? Like, are oh. you? Are you <laughs> Maybe we could get Tina. We'll get Tina. The <laughs> right. Tina's got to play giving, Tina. Oh, that's true. I forgot about giving that. Roles to friends. I know. I, I'm not into that. Okay? Well, it's right. It's called favoritism. <laughs> <laughs> Tina already knows I favor. She's been on this podcast. <laughs> I've had Tina and Rafe. I've had that whole household. Now I just need to get the dogs on, and then the whole like, <laughs> household. Royce. <laughs> Royce and Simba. Royce and Simba would be great guests. Okay, I'd be like, so what have you guys been up to during quarantine? Are you having any midlife crisis? <laughs> like, what's going on? And they'd just be like, because uh. <laughs> they're dogs, they don't talk. Exactly. I I know. I uh, that's like one thing. I'm like, oh, I miss having a dog. And I'm like, I'm you know, I I don't know. Jimmy and I have that talk all the time where he's like, why do you want a dog? I didn't grow up with dogs. And I'm like. I grew up with a dog. I love dogs. <laughs> How, How can you, you not like a dog? Thank you. I cannot wait for him to see this because he loves you. And I'd be like, hey, um, you know how you like respect and love Libby? Well, she just is questioning why you don't love dogs. So <laughs> Come on, Jimmy. <laughs> Come on. I know. Like, uh, I, I'll like, so what's here is so funny. So like Instagram does those recommendations, right? So it'll be like social justice and like, it's like, you know, all these like really deep and profound things. And then it's like, here's two Boston Terriers for you because we know that you <laughs> like dogs. We know you like a dog. And I'm like, man, these algorithms, I'll tell you what, they're just like, I'm like, man, I don't even, I don't even know anymore. That's, I think that's my, uh, we'll, we'll end on this segment. Uh, what I really want to do to kind of promote positivity uh -oh. and happiness during this time. Oh, it's good stuff. Um, what I want to do is do something called tell me something good that happened to you and tell me that's something funny that's happened to you recently. And it was inspired by what happened to me recently. And you're, you and you and Denman both are actually going to laugh. So the other day I, uh, I, this is, and it always happens when I want to be a nice person. Right. And I was by myself at work and it was finally like a day that it hadn't rained at all. And I was like, you know, we have the trash piling up. I'm going to go be a good supervisor and just take out the trash so that way housekeeping doesn't have all this trash to take out. So I'm like, you know, going across the street and it's already a trip just to get across the street from here to the dumpster that's all the way over there. And it was a heavy one because what I discussed in the last episode I had with Spark and Bobby, I had been in like a flooding incident where a pipe had broken and I didn't realize they put the broken pipe in the trash bag. So I went to go pick it up. And I'm like, what is in here? Like, what is happening? And I see there's like the pipe in there. So I, I'm like putting all this extra, you know, army Libby energy in and I'm like throwing it in the trash and my key card to get back into the hotel fell no. into the dumpster. And like, not that it was beneath me to go into the dumpster, but I was in a dress and I was like, great. Now I'm going to sit for another like five hours with just like dirt up my legs like and like I already on Sunday when it flooded sat in wet clothes for eight hours so I was like what is it with oh, me God. and yeah, exactly so it wasn't again like I wouldn't have just gotten it myself but I'm just like oh man 
So by like the grace of this universe, this very nice man was just walking to his car and he goes, hey, are you all right? Because, you know, I'm talking to myself out in a parking lot <laughs> by the dumpster and I'm yelling like every profanity that you can think of. And you know, when like <laughs> those things happen, you're like, it's me. It's always me. Like none of these things ever happen to other people. Like it's me. And he's right. like, what is going on? And I'm like, I'm locked out of my job and my key card is in there. And this year, this year just sucks. Like I hate it. <laughs> Like people are like trying to be so positive and I'm like, I'm done. Like, you know, when you just have like one of those times, you just break out. I'm like, right. I'm over it. And he goes, sweetheart, hold this. And I, it's like his bag or whatever. And he's like, I used to do some dumpster diving in my, <laughs> in my day. Hey, literally in my day. And this man like does some like hardcore parkour, like into the dumpster goes under all these trash bags and gets my key card and jumps out. And it was like, here you go. I don't know his name. I felt, I was like, I, like I was speechless. I was like, thank you so much. Like, so of course I called Jimmy. And I'm like, Hey, you got some stuff to live up to because some man <laughs> who I don't even know just jumped in a dumpster for me. And of course, Jimmy's like, Man, sounds like quite a day, babe. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> so that, that was guy saved thing. the day. Oh, he really did. I just wish I knew his name. Like, I just, like, he was just so nice. Like, and it wasn't like, you know, when people are like, oh, somebody was creepy or they have like an ulterior. Like, he genuinely jumped in the trash for me and was like, don't want you to feel bad about anything. And then I was like, oh, that's why I said, I was like, thank you for being so nice. And he goes, don't tell anybody. I have a reputation <laughs> to keep up. And I was like, what the hell? So that was the first, that's the good thing. Now, the funny thing was two nights later, I'm working the night shift because I work like every shift. And this man was dropping off a guest. And of course, he's like one of those, and I hate to like stereotype, but he was like one of those old white guys in a Buick. <laughs> and like, <laughs> he, there we have like these really pretty colorful blocks that people take pictures with. Like pre-COVID, we used to have like wedding photos out there or like little kids would all sit on them or like just like people, like it's just like a cute little centerpiece. And they're plastic blocks, but like, I don't know. It's just, when you hear this, it's like the consideration, right? So he drives into the circle drive, drops off his guest, who happens to be a doctor. And um, she's like been working all day, like at the hospital. And he hits the blocks. They all go flying and he doesn't even get out of his car. <laughs> he just like speeds away. And this poor lady in her like scrubs and mask was like, did he... Did he just hit that and leave? <laughs> I was like, you know, he did. But worse things have happened in 2020. So I'll just, uh, I'll go put these colorful plastic blocks back together. And so <laughs> there's like these like uh, security footage and it's just me like lifting up these blocks. <laughs> Trying to at least get some unity together. I'm like, well, this one thing I can control is just getting these colorful blocks to stand next to each other. Man, I, I think I've mastered it. That If that's the worst of my problems, I'm okay. So that's kind of where I'm coming from. And That's like my theme of 2020. But uh, what about you? What is this something funny and something good that has happened to you? <laughs> oh, my God. Something good. I mean... 
I know it's a hard There's, time, but you know, it's yeah. It's like I haven't seen I anyone, yeah, uh, for such a long time. I um, I can say that um, I put uh, actually. I have. I'll put these two. No, that that doesn't go together. Um, you know, being online is weird, and having a big following is weird. But I find when I'm very vulnerable and and very truthful people really like that so uh when this covid shit all started i was having a lot of anxiety because i was just alone with my thoughts and so many people reached out to me strangers that i don't know and just say you know like oh you you brighten my day i hope you're okay just um filling my inbox uh and that's that's good because then it shows me like, okay, I I was vulnerable with with people and they're vulnerable back with me and now it's it just makes you feel like you're part of humankind. You know what I mean? I agree. Like even though we're all very separated, we're all still sort of trying to take care of each other and make sure everybody's okay. I agree. As, uh, as far as the funny thing, your your story reminded me that. Uh, my day job, I work with kids and sometimes they, they have autism. So sometimes they run away because they're not, they just want to get out of a situation, which I get, you know, mm -hmm. some situations suck. Anyway, yeah. this kid takes off running and runs out of the school. Nobody's around to help. And I'm not a fast runner, okay? <laughs> but I'm running. <laughs> I'm running and... I am thinking, okay, I've seen movies where people, their adrenaline, they lift cars. So I'm thinking, okay, it's going to happen. I'm going to get the spurt energy and I'm going to catch this kid. And he's running, luckily, on the sidewalk next to a, a road, a major yeah. road. I'm still running slow. Like, it never hit. But I called the front office. I'm like, hey, it's Libby. I need help. And they're like, we can't understand what you're saying. I'm like, just send help. I can't talk. But a stranger in a car noticed uh, that I was chasing someone <laughs> and said, do you need help? And this angel in a white car let me ride with him up until I could get to the kid to save the day. Uh, but the moral of that story is if you're fat and you're trying to run, there is no adrenaline rush that's going to make you run faster. <laughs> that's as fast <laughs> as you're going to go, no matter what you do. You're not going to lift a car. You're not going to all of a sudden uh, be running very quickly. You're going to be running the same speed. <laughs> if you don't make that into a bit when this is all done, <laughs> fuck your fear, Livy. That's gonna oh. be a bit whenever you're hosting again. At the oh my shop. god! Oh my god! Calling the, the best thing. calling the office though, and them not understanding me because I was so out of breath from running, and they're like, "We can't understand what you're saying." I'm like, "Send help." <laughs> S oh, S, oh, S, like somebody answer me. Like, oh my God. I also like, what? Love, right. And that's what I'm saying. They're like, what? 
what are you saying? (sighs) (sighs) (laughs) Like, clearly I'm in turmoil. Like, we have such high technology now. Can't you use a GPS and just find out where I am? Find your phone. Find your people. Like, geez. (laughs) I I needed them to hurry up because... Oh I my mean, god! It was it was it was terrifying. Did they ever come? Uh yes. <laughs> and see, this is why I don't really talk about this stuff on stage because it's like, uh, yeah, I'm not really supposed. Sense. to. I can't specifically talk about a ch- a child and say their name and stuff, but I can talk no, about yeah this. But um, yeah, it was fine. Everything was fine. And thank God to the That's guy good. that pulled up and noticed that uh, <laughs> this gal was trapped. <laughs> and then I just got in his car like. A strange, you don't do that anymore. This isn't the 70s and 80s. What? You don't get in strangers' cars. <laughs> but I did. Oh, my God. We'll see, like, if it makes you feel any better. He didn't <laughs> say anything. He was just like, do you need a ride? Do you need help? I was like, yes, and I got it. <laughs> I don't want you to feel bad about that because, um, speaking of, my parents are going to watch this, obviously, but... Um, my dad and my mom came in town to St. Louis for a wedding I was in and they had a cab called and like they're older. So even though the church was only like at the hotel, like my dad can't walk as well as he used to. So he has to like, at least have like somebody to drive him up. And it's also like a hundred degrees outside. So I feel bad. He's going to be like, man, you're going to make me sound like I'm dead. But (laughs) he's just like, (laughs) like, as you know, he's like, he used to play football. So he has like this, he used to have this very tough exterior. Now you meet him. Everybody's like, he's such a cute old man. And I'm like, oh man, he wasn't cute when I was growing up. (laughs) Like It's like, uh, we, we listened to my dad like that. He played football for the university of Cincinnati. And it was just like, he always like, and he did very well there. And like, he just, there was just no messing around. So now people see him and they're like, oh, he's so cute and so little. And I'm like, no, (laughs) (laughs) so sorry, dad. I love you. But, uh, they, the cab wasn't coming. So my dad being in his seventies, he sees this man in a Lexus because my dad's like, oh, Lexus and a nice person. And he's like, I don't know what it was, but we just had eye contact. And I went up to him and said, Hey, my daughter's in a wedding at the church up there. Can you take us? And this man goes, of course. And my parents just went into his car. Of course. So I'm waiting at the church. You know, we're all waiting to process in. And this like Lexus rolls up and my parents just walk out of it. I'm like, did you Uber? What happened? And my dad's like, oh, Charles is very nice. Very good guy. <laughs> we talked for like five, because the you know, five minute drive with lights. He's, I, I like him. Good dude. But dude, I like this city. I like St. Louis. I'm like, you do. You know what? <laughs> I can't. Like, I can't. So don't worry. You know, sometimes we just have to, you know, in well, certain this, situations. This yeah. kid had a big head start on me. He was very far ahead of me. And it was. Whew. I mean, I, I had my work clothes on and my coat. So it it did not look like I was out trying to do fitness. It looked like something was wrong. <laughs> This is not a fitness jog. <laughs> this was a reconnaissance mission. Oh my god! <laughs> I was about to say, what would your army training say now? Did it? Did that kick in? Did you have that adrenaline kick in? No, it didn't. <laughs> the adrenaline kicked in, but it didn't do a doggone thing. <laughs> Same speed. I probably could have walked faster than I was running. 
Oh my God, that is the best thing. And I love that you're like, and this guy in a white car, and I'm like, usually I give Jimmy such crap that he drives a white car. I'm like, I look, because I'm like, I think you're going to pull me over every time you're behind me. <laughs> like, I'm like, how could you do this to me? And like, he's like, it's fine. It's a Ford. <laughs> like, what? I don't but, even, uh, yeah, I don't know who the, if you're out there, mister, in the white car, you saved a gal on the road. Thank you. I don't know who you are, but I would love to be reconnected with you. Absolutely. To Let's, give you a proper thanks, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> Do you like bird watching? <laughs> Do you like birds? Because I just got a new bird bath. <laughs> Do you like cardinals? Because <laughs> that's my spirit animal. Like I like I can't I can't deal. There actually a lot of cardinals pop up by the hotel a bunch. So I read something where like they're like, oh, it's like somebody's watching over you. I'm like, damn, I hope somebody is. <laughs> it's all I can. Somebody say. was because they helped you with that trash can. Oh, that you know what? It was probably that cardinal and whatever spirit came with it. So. The cardinal was like. <laughs> Calling to his friends. One. I know. I wish that was the reason, but I'm sure it's probably because that very nice man heard me making a scene <laughs> by a dumpster. <laughs> like, I wish it was like a romantic story. Like, oh, somebody was looking over Molly, probably a long lost relative in spirit. When in reality, it's like, oh, that loud mouth redhead is at it again. <laughs> draw when she's going to draw that black line. <laughs> like, there she goes. Oh, man. Well, Libby, this has been awesome I, I just love you I know it's like every I said this the last in our last podcast too like Chris Denman can tell you like before we even got filming Spark Bobby and I for 10 minutes were just like it's just so nice to see you just I love you this is great and I uh, I I really appreciate you this really honestly I feel so I've been you know I've been so sad lately about everything that's going on and you just brought such a light into my life tonight and I really I just really appreciate that it was fun it yeah, was fun. I'm so glad. Yeah, Chris, how do you feel, how do you feel about this whole thing? Which whole thing? Your uh, your existential <laughs> crisis, uh, the uh, dumpster help, uh, bird watching, uh, me playing therapist at studio rates for comics. Uh, how do you how do you want me to tackle this? I, I, I'm a, I'm a great public speaker, so I just want to know. I just want to know. <laughs> what road I'll be going down. <laughs> Chris, you went down all the roads with us tonight. I wasn't even expecting uh, no, you to, and you were not. such a sport, and I appreciate it. Oh, of course. It. No, I love Libby, and you're fine, Molly, and it's a, it's a good time. Oh, wow. A good time. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Well, earlier I was told I was a convenience stop, so <laughs> well, I, think, I think fine is, is where Molly sits for now. <laughs> Oh, no, I, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's weird times and I'm glad, uh, whether you were doing it over this or FaceTime or what, like, can you imagine, um, just some of the loneliness people would feel if we weren't able to connect in some way, right? Yeah. Like, this isn't, like, think about this, like, this isn't even that long of a time, right? Like, mm -hmm. if you're at war or something, like, that's scary, that's a long time. We're, we're asked to kind of maybe watch some TV uh, you know, still have plenty of food and all that stuff. And we're all just like, I can tell we're all like picking at our nails and ugh, like, so I don't know, uh, for all the insanity going on in the world and the debates and everything that's going to keep raging on, I'm glad people are able to see each other and I'm glad people are able to unite. 
So there exactly. you go. That's how I feel too. I know you were worried about the purple wall, but it uh, it rocked out during so this whole a, thing. It has a soft touch, doesn't <laughs> it's, it? it? Yeah, that's what I was just saying. It's like it has a nice touch and you were great. So uh, what I always ask our guests before we head out is, what are you going to casually do now, Libby? I'm going to casually go set up a bird <laughs> bath. Hello. Molly, I, I'm, I'm now, I'm crossing the line in uh, my involvement on the show, but how funny would it be, Libby, if she would be like, hey, just like I ask all my guests, uh, I'd appreciate a personal uh, Instagram fitted uh, video with you and your wig uh, <laughs> calling out uh, how great the show is and go ahead and tag my personal and show account, just like I do with all my guests. Uh, and if you could put that on Facebook and uh, tag me there as well. Uh, again, all my desks, all my guests, uh, each time. Do that. <laughs> no. So I, uh, I'd appreciate that as well. Uh, thank God. you. Here is the I'm only not doing person on Facebook. Oh God, no! But how, I. Uh, how funny would that be? <laughs> how funny would that be? I'd be <laughs> like. Uh, I don't think you ask everybody to do that. Um, I'm, I also ask all of my guests to do a new kids on the block rendition of step by step. So, and then, uh, <laughs> and, then e and then email invite me to, uh, their new kids on the block <laughs> contact. Thank you. Listen, I love that Livy loves new kids on the block. So the thing is my sister and I had the old school VHS tape that they had when they were in concert. The hanging tough one. Uh, Yes. And I used to like, okay, so my sister's like, she's in love with them, right? And because I was in dance class, I would like try to learn their moves. So I'd be like, <laughs> I tried to, I can't do it. My, straight up. And then I saw them, <laughs> speaking of Nelly, I saw them live. They came here and it was Nelly, TLC, and New Kids on the Block. And I, I I'll be honest, and I don't want I was Jordan. There. I, uh, oh, you were? Where were you? <laughs> I was sitting in the bar stools. Oh my God! I wish. Oh, that's, that's fancy. That and that and that is the tea. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I about died though because so I obviously so I I went more to see Nelly and I don't want anybody to be upset about me with that because I I remember seeing them when I was like little but I was like I wonder what it's gonna be like now and. I was so impressed with like how well they danced and they had like all those pillars that were going up and down mm -hmm. and Jordan Knight's just like jumping on each one. And like, I was like, yeah, get it, Jordan, get it, Donnie. <laughs> I was like, like, everybody's like, they're so hot. And I'm like, this, that's, in, that's very impressive. I don't know if I could <laughs> personally do that myself and I'm in jeans. So I don't know. They're, uh, yeah. They're, they're killing awesome. It. Oh, they're totally killing it. Well, you should blast some uh, step by step over there and uh, get that VHS <laughs> hanging tough out. If you still got it, um, and build that bird bath. And send me a photo. I uh, send me a pic when it's done. It's so. probably gonna be like this big. <laughs> you know, sometimes you see stuff you think it's gonna be like. I bought a cat a cat tree at Aldi, and I thought it was gonna be like this big, and it's like this big. The cat <laughs> is too big for it. <laughs> Again, <sighs> this is uh, sponsored by Libby's Supplies Aldi. from Aldi. Uh, again, <laughs> you can hit up her trunk at any time, really. It's outside. Oh, it's six shit. feet away. And uh, it, it's it's really what's going to keep the Casually Molly podcast <laughs> going. And again, if you have any patio furniture that I uh, <laughs> I can take for my imaginary patio that I, I don't have in my city loft, that would be greatly appreciated <laughs> oh shit oh Libby thank I, you so much for having me thank you hang hang in there and just uh message me anytime if you're like hey 
I got a I got a bird bath going, so get your scrapbook. I'll be here. <laughs> <laughs> Love you, lady. Pasta con broccoli. Pasta con broccoli. <laughs> Love you guys. Bye. Bye.